welcome to Playback Appeal. We are the Rap Geeks. My name is Sean. And my name is Lizzie the Baby. And today we're discussing the one and only Triple Six, Memphis's greatest, Three Six Mafia. Mafia! Six Six Six. And we're reviewing the album that they put out. 20 years ago from today, known as When the Smoke Clears, 66-61 on Loud Records, 3-6 Mafia. Yeah, ho. All right. 3-6 Mafia, if you don't know, and if you don't know, I don't know why you're even here, but I'm glad you are. I'm glad you're here to learn. They are probably Memphis's most well-known hip-hop group and at one point they might have even been the biggest hip-hop group in the world so memphis triple six mafia three six mafia tear the club up things backyard posse the mafia six they've had a lot of names but one thing has stayed consistent this was the final album that had their original lineup of dj paul Juicy J, Gangsta Boo, Crunchy Black, Lord Infamous, and Koopsta Nika. And some would say that what makes this album so different from all of their previous work, such as Mystic Styles, Chapter 2, World Domination, Chapter 1, The End, is this was when the crunk era began to really take shape. Yeah, ho. And 3-6 Mafia was no stranger to it. In fact, they took the music that they've already been making, the Memphis trap, I would say pre-trap, um, horrorcore mm-hmm. type of music, and mixed it with their own sound. And that gave us the album we're reviewing today, When the Smoke Clears. Yeah. Yep. So, let's get into it. We'll make it, we'll make this really short. This album is legendary, don't get me wrong. For 2000, this is probably what I would be bumping. But there is no song that's better than the lead single of this album. Mm. A single that is so great, it has influenced for 20 years later, countless deaths associated with the drug Promethazine mixed with codeine, cough syrup, and 7-Eleven or Sprite with some Jolly Ranchers. Sipping on some syrup featuring UGK and Project Pat. What do you got to say about that track? I got to say, I love that song so much. I listen to the acapella. <clears throat> that cadence, that flow is is so addicting. You know? Dun, 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 dun. You know what I mean? Just and no that. one does it better than Pimp C. Yeah. That man. Um, that song, I, I remember first hearing it in middle school, man. You know, that, that might have been 2004, not too long. I mean, four years after that, that song was still relevant. I, I remember hearing it on SoundClick. Y'all remember SoundClick? <clears throat> you know, probably I one don't. of the, the first SoundCloud <laughs> ever. That was when I started, right. that was when I started hearing... Three six on on SoundClick. I don't know. People were just uploading the music, but that's a 
goddamn good song, yo. And I think that one song itself has influenced many songs. Not just the deaths, but a lot of songs were made because of that one song. Right. And and I would say I would go as far as I don't think it's their most famous song. I would say probably their most famous song is International Plays Anthem. I go ha ah ah Okay, sure. Ah to the sky and but UGK Houston mixed with three six mafia Memphis. You know, I gotta for a beautiful marriage. Yeah, I gotta I gotta talk about that because you know one thing I appreciated about this album was they showed love to the South, man. This this album is oh this is as South as it gets. This bro. is as South as it gets, man. And one thing that's particular to the South, and you're from LA, so I gotta I gotta dig you on this one, but uh, I gotta dig at you on this one because the South, one thing that they always did, and Killer Mike mentioned this, but there's always this back and forth between male and female rappers. You know what I mean? Um, in this particular song, you know, you got uh, you got a male rapping, you know, I'm bad, I'm 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 nice, you know what I mean? Like I I do this, I do that, and then um, you got a callback, you got a response from the female, you know, maybe eight bars later talking about I do that same shit, you know what I mean? I'm 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 fucking uh, doing this and that too, and so they showed love Are you to the females. About on some syrup? No, I'm talking about just the whole album. The whole album itself. So so you're talking specifically about Gangsta Boo. Yeah. Who is the female rapper on this album? And when I think about it, Gangsta Boo is probably highly underrated as an MC, not in terms of her ability, but purely just in terms of her ability to be a badass bitch mm-hmm. and to be okay with the identity. I mean, if you if you've heard Love Again, which is a song that's featured on Run the Jewels. Uh, number two, she's talking about dudes sucking on her clit. She's talking about dudes kneeling down and that they're going to give her nice wood. And, <laughs> and I think that to speak about that as a female, to really just be about that, the only people I hear in modern times that rap like that are those two Bay Area women <laughs> rappers. You know who I'm talking about? Uh, Saweetie. Sawidi and featured in YG. Starts uh, with a K. Tom Kalani. <laughs> oh, Kamaya. Oh, Kamaya? Wow. Kamaya. Huh. I'm thinking about Kamaya. No, nah, I'm even bro. thinking maybe, but maybe it even goes to Megan the Stallion. Yeah, all the way there. All the way to Megan the Stallion. And, and so, and, and you know who else? Maybe even the, the one chick from Minnesota. What's her name? Oh, is she. She's still alive? What are you talking about? Oh no, we talking about somebody else. <laughs> the really, the the really thick, thick and chunky one. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. But but you What's know what? I, um um the one that had her ass open at the LA game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Lakers game. Yeah. Uh, What's her name? Shit. Uh Lizzo. She's big. Lizzo. Okay. Gangsta Boo was the original Kamaya Lizzo. <laughs> well, um, look, no, no, no. I got Sawitee. I gotta push Megan back on this one, bro. Are we forgetting Lil' Kim? Are we forgetting Junior Mafia and and you know and look I know she, I know Lil Kim you know some big probably wrote some of her lyrics you know what I mean um, right. and, and and made that character and it maybe paved the way for somebody like a Gangsta Boo and then all that followed um, but you're right in that people don't bring Gangsta Boo up like that but Lil yeah right and Lil Kim has had one too many procedures done to to make her look 
like a cat. So, <laughs> in, in just in terms of being all natural and just really being thug and right. hood. For real, just being You got to give Gangsta Boo, mm-hmm. you got to give Gangsta Boo the credit, man. And, yeah. and, and she doesn't get that credit. Right. She's not about the rah-rah. That Southern hospitality. Real shit. Real bitch. And the way she raps is aggressive, too. I mean, we used to think that old Nicki Minaj before she signed with Young Money was aggressive. We used to think that Iggy Azalea, I don't even know how to say her damn name. Lizzie Australia. Iggy Australia. Nick Young's ex. Let's just say Nick Young's ex was aggressive. But Gangsta Boo is really about the shit. I have no doubt in my mind, push come to shove, She's going to pull the trigger, bro. And you know what? She's a great performer. I saw her in San Jose um, performing alongside Killer Mike uh, at a Run the Jewels concert. Right. And How was that? She, man, I was very impressed. I mean, they're older rappers, and the way they rap, it takes a lot of breath. You know, they still they still got air in their lungs, They got too. the cardio, bro. I mean, I've seen Killer Mike rap Run the Jewels live three times. I'm impressed for a guy that, for a guy that's, Probably obese, yeah. Well over four hundred, I would say. Yeah, he's got stamina with his voice, man. He's got stamina with that vocal cord. Yeah, and and just to go on the topic of old rappers rapping their ass off, Jay Z, he could still rap his ass off. But he, but he's in a, he he's kept in pretty good shape, I would say. When you date Beyonce, you gotta have <laughs> some kind of you gotta be kinda in shape. You know, you can't just be a slob. For sure, you you can't look like most of the people on Three Six Mafia, like a DJ Paul. <laughs> Or a bun B. Look, you, you can't you be can, sipping lean. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I don't think he's sipping lean. I don't even know if that dude's ever tried lean. Right. Okay. Hey, yo, by the way, though, let's, uh, um, if we could just go back to uh, sipping on syrup really quick. You know, that that song made me think about Cushion uh, OJ, man. And, and it reminded me on how well Wiz capitalized on the feeling that sipping on syrup created, you know? I, I, I think uh, he encapsulated I that know, whole man. sound in, in Cushion OJ as a whole. You don't, maybe, think, maybe you don't think that? No, Probably I don't for some think Cushion OJ makes me feel like I'm sipping lean. If I want to hear music that makes me feel like I'm sipping lean, I'm going to go back to ASAP Rocky's Live Love ASAP. That, that album, especially with the, the Space Ghost Perp produced songs, makes me feel like I'm sipping lean. 3-6 Mafia. What makes them so goddamn hardcore, makes them so gangster, is that they were t- they were doing more than just lean, man. I mean, they were doing more than the weed. They were doing more than the alcohol. They were doing more than the lean. They were doing X pills. They were doing cocaine. They were probably doing Valium. I think they the way their lifestyle was, the way they portrayed their music, it really was that way. It really was music about fucking bitches. Yep. It was about doing drugs. It was about violence. And you know what? That probably comes. And you, and Juicy J, man. The guy has, I don't know if he's so relevant now in 2020, but for much of the 2010s, he had a resurgence, bro. He had a resurgence after signing with Taylor Gang and his mixtape. I was listening to it today. Blue Dream and Lean, for me, and produced by Lex Luger, some of the hardest hitting rap, trap, 808s, Southern smoke type of 
hip hop that ever came out of that era of hip hop. I agree. Probably next to Two Chains, Juicy J had one of the biggest, uh, you know, career revivals in the 2010s. Right. Right, and and it's a little sad that the other artists think, not to say, Lord Infamous isn't also. To me, Lord Infamous might even be the best rapper, the mm. best traditional rapper on the group, you know? Yeah. But, and rest in peace to his soul. But when yes. they came up with the Mafia Six and they came up with those two albums they did, I mean, the production was there. You know, DJ Paul's producing it. They even had Space Ghost Perp. They even got Yellow Wolf on a track or two. But something became very apparent to me. That Juicy J, he's the signature. His sound, DJ Paul and Juicy J, they're really the crux of 3-6 Mafia. I don't know if you would agree with that. I agree, man. And you know what? There is there is a lot to say about Juicy Jake is still rap on music that's going on right now simply for the fact that it's all a it's all a bite off of the sounds that come straight from this album. Right. Like a song like Who Run It, where they have that blasting trombone, where they have that horn and it, it reminds me of a Rocky movie. I think that the way he attacks that is very similar to the way he would attra- attack his, uh, I think it was Green and Purple that he was uh, featured on with Travis Scott. His attack is the same. He's always attacking every single one of these songs the same, whether it's weak-ass bitch, whether it's mafia, whether it's fuck y'all hoes, all of these amazing songs that are probably terrible and I would never want a child to listen to is the reason why we love 3-6 Mafia. Because they stayed true to what they were talking about. Yeah, They weren't doing it just for money. They were really about that life. And you gotta respect that. Yeah, this album was all about uh, sipping and snorting, poing and pimping. Right. And I think that in some ways, Tennessee has a Especially Memphis, my if you think about a Memphis as a place historical for blues culture, but I would say also historical for pimp culture. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Um and you know what's interesting about this album and the aesthetic of Three Six Mafia? Um, and I don't know if they've always been like this, but the fact that they kind of took a, a devil <laughs> you know, a devil type of vibe um, on this album. Um, were they always like that? Actually, they were darker. Darker. So their first, yeah, so I would say their first album reminds me of, what is that rap, the, the R&B rap group that you have a t-shirt of? R&B? They're <laughs> like soul rap from Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, Bone Thugs Bone and Harmony. Thugs and Harmony, yeah. They were a little bit more like Bone Thugs and Harmony, mm. just no harmony. They were just Bone yeah. Thugs, bro. <laughs> so that's the that's the only way I can really describe it. And this album is where they went a little bit more, more towards a Master P. Now, did you call a them R&B more, group? 
<laughs> well, they, they, they vocalize. So anything with For vocal sure. and harmony, I'm going to call R&B. Yeah, that's so funny. But you're right. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah, right. They're wrong. definitely on on, this, on some devil shit. You know what I mean? Ouija, are you with me? You know what I mean? Mo murder, mo murder, mo murder, right? right? Um, and, and, and you know what? It is, dude, the connection between Bone Thugs and um, uh, Lord uh, Finesse. Right, I don't know who is Lord first. Infamous. It, or Lord, 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 I mean, uh, Lord, I'm sorry, Lord Infamous, <clears throat> okay. um, because their rap style were very close. I didn't really check the timeline and the history, you know, before this talk, but we saw that freestyle right before we started recording, right? The triplet rapping right. on the thirds. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So you know, between Bone Thugs and um, you know. Who was first? Right. Um, that that's a. It's probably Bone Thugs. It's probably Bone Thugs, and I, I'll give him that credit because Bone Thugs had the speed too, and that's not something that Three Six really was trying to be. They're, they they were slow, right, for the most part. Um, so Bone Thugs had the speed. I mean, if it weren't for Lord Infamous, would there be a prolific of a rapper as a ASAP Ferg? Who we know, we know ASAP Mob as a whole is highly influenced by both Bone Thugs and 3-6 Mafia. And so the influences of 3-6 Mafia, I think you even, you mentioned this while we were listening to the album kind of going through it. The New York, I mean, I mean, Computers, Rowdy Rebel, yep. expand yep. on that. Um. Oh, man. So... A lot of the style, I think, um, for trap music today can be traced back. And I was specifically talking about the arpeggiated pianos, which is which is a sign of, oh, some trapping's about to happen. You know what I mean? Lex Luger, um, a lot of his early work, I tried to copy. And a big part of that, I was taking a piano and just making a melody with it and just looping that bitch, throwing, throwing the Lex Luger drum kit on top of that. And there you go, you got a trap joint, you know, throw a throw a bell on top of that as well. Um so yeah, I mean, dude, that sound that's highly influential and and copied uh today, for sure. Right, right. And and the and I would say what makes three six mafia three six mafia is a little bit of what I like about Danny Brown. When he first came out, mm, go on that. It's dirty, it's mm, grimy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a lot of just pervert rap. It's a lot of unapologetic. Women, yeah, unapologetically Perverted. treating women like mm. shit. Yeah. In, in their music, right. right? And we saw that interview. You know what I mean? I I, I feel like they made that a uh, poor interviewer look so uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They they literally asked. I think they put the put the microphone on Koopsta and said, what's the album about? And they said, well, it's more shit about taking drugs, drinking alcohol, fucking bitches. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It was like, well, that if that's what you want, 3-6 is there. Yeah. No apologies about it either. And they really lived that. And, and you know, you got to appreciate the figures in hip-hop that, that have been pretty much the same people throughout their whole career. You know, and and that I think translates to their success in their whole career. We're talking about people like Juicy J, haven't 
no, there was no facade. You know, that food was still the same as people like Snoop. You know what I mean? And then people that are going to be like Wiz later on, you know? Um, and I think being true to that, it, it makes for a great career for sure. So one thing I want to ask you that really stuck out to me is the features. There's not that many. Not that many, but, but they're all but, in the South. But, the, but there's, a, there's a couple that I want to bring out. And mm. this had, let's talk about just another crazy click. A song that has both Twisted and Insane Clown Posse. <laughs> yeah, dude, I listen to that. And I don't listen to either of those artists. But I specifically listened in on that just to see, you know, how they were coming. And I think they stayed true to whatever their sound was. But I'm imagining at the time how off, how pushing the limit <laughs> maybe that was back then, right? I mean, we're talking about white rappers. But they're... Yeah, I know. Where are they from again? ICP is... Uh, well, ICP's from Detroit Twisted. Um, yeah, also Detroit as well. Mm, yeah, and... Yeah, and, both of those guys being white... <laughs> uh, what do you... How do you say it? They're, I mean, they're all on the same label, right? Like Psychopathic Records, yeah. I believe, and they all put face paint on, and they they all probably didn't fuck with Eminem. That's for oh. sure. Um, but... But yeah. to have them on a song is paying homage to their origins of being a rap group initially talking more about digging graves yeah. for bodies and a lot of the more horror type stuff that they did that later on would influence the likes of a of a ghost main or a space ghost perp or a Who's the group from New Orleans that you really love? That wrote Paris. Paris. Dun 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 dun. You don't know who I'm talking about? Now, why am I thinking about gigs? No, 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 no. You're thinking of. It's uh. It's uh, dude. Oh, I mean, suicide boys. Yeah, suicide boys. They're from. Are they from Florida? <laughs> I, they're, I, they're either from New Orleans, Louisiana, or they're from Florida. One, they're from the South. Oh, they're, they're, sure. from, they're from New Orleans. Um, I messed up. They're from that. New Orleans. But yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. right. You're so, absolutely right. Yeah. So this, this horror core type of sound, it, it's never going to be in Cali. So you, you know, the fact that it existed in a place like Memphis and New Orleans, and you know, New yeah. Orleans, talking about New Orleans, I was talking about Master P. Yeah. So... That is interesting. And on top of that, the song Memphis had Young Buck, a very young Young Buck who's from Nashville, who at the time probably was just starting off his career. I don't even think he had a hit record. I don't even know if he was on G-Unit. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. I didn't, I didn't know that was Young Buck. That was Young Buck, man. The other guys I don't know too much about. I do know... UGK, Project Pat on sipping on some scissor. Thinking about it, man. Three six and UGK should have just came out with the whole project on them on themselves, bro. Shit, that would have been gangbusters, man. That that would have been the theme song for being on your fuck shit. You know, 
that would have been I was I was gonna say Big Pimpin', but even Big Pimpin' is on brand with the lifestyle of a Pimp C and Bum B. You know what I mean? It's all it's all yeah, party. You know what? Let's add a DJ Screw there too, man. Just fuck it. Three right. six DJ Screw UGK. That's yeah. timeless, bro. It was it was that pretty is punk rock. Timeless. This this album is punk rock as shit. If I think about just the elements of you know sex, drugs, and rock and roll, man, that's really what this is, man. Right. It's southern. It's punk. It's gangsta. It's crunk. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that's it, man. That's it. So, anyways. I guess we can go through your favorite tracks. Man. I, I think we were surprised that there was only two music videos released. I think one for Tongue Ring, which isn't even one of my favorite tracks on this. To me, my two favorite so- songs, I'm going to say R- Who Run It? Mm. And I'm going to say Sippin' on Some Syrup. It, what's interesting is that the song is Sippin' on Some Syrup, but it's released on the album as Sippin' on Some Syrup. Yeah. I wonder why that is, man. Um, commercial. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is a commercially released album, right? It was... Uh, I mean, I still yeah. think at the time they were under the pressures of, you know, um, like the parental advisory sticker might have just been invented around this time too. You know what I mean? After the trials that Luke had. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... Uh, yeah, it could be, man. Right, but... And you know, you know that was a sample of Marvin Gaye's Is That Enough from his album Hear My Dear. Where what? What are you talking about? The the synthesizer, the keyboard. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> Good Which catch. is crazy because I've heard that album a few times and I never picked that up. Yeah. You know, I think I actually uh, the only other song I only like two songs out this out this joint, and that was obviously sipping on syrup. But the other one was touched with it. Do you remember how that sounds? Sing it. I don't. Um, <laughs> I don't remember how. <laughs> I, I don't remember the lyrics, but I, what I think. There, there's, there's a uh, two features on it, Mister Servon and Fiend and Lush, Lusha. I don't know if that's a French thing, but New Orleans there's some French vibes in there. You know what I mean? But either way, there was a right. dude on there. It sounded like Tupac. I had no clue who it was, but listening to that song reminded me of Tupac, which is pretty much a big reason why I like that song. Could be because I'm from the West Coast. Uh, but shout out to whoever was rapping on there, <laughs> like that. So. That was tight. Right, right. But Yeah. All in all, I'm not going to go out of my way and say I recommend going back to this. But I'm going to say this was influential. It just sold over a million records in the year 2000. That's a big deal. For yeah. I'm going to even say, were they independent? They might know. Maybe. Maybe not. But they sure acted like an independent album. Independent. Yeah. Uh, yeah rap group they they had that aesthetic that diy aesthetic and, and they kept things real you know what i mean no one's ever going to question dj paul and juicy j on well did they've kept it real all these years right so um part of me feels like yeah. they couldn't have been on a major label man i mean literally the intro to sipping on syrup you know what i mean you got some poing ass sipping ass you know what i mean yes high ass <laughs> yeah for real like yeah. you you literally couldn't um because they would have to redo every song but a clean version of it, because back then they were re-recording clean versions of songs, right? So that it, so that it can yeah. be played on the radio. So you know, I don't know how they were able to pull that off if they were on a major label, but 
probably feels like they they were definitely more uh on the on the ground with this album um right but and yeah and, and like you said man there there isn't many songs here that you know you would say yeah i come back to this song uh besides maybe sipping on syrup but, but we 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 come back to that song <laughs> sipping on some syrup a lot yeah but the whole the the style of production we hear it today in so many songs so whether or not you know it you are listening to when the smoke clears by 36 mafia even if you're listening to let's say asap ferg song what do you think of dj paul just his style because because you know what maybe because he hasn't done too much production outside of three six so i think we know too much about i mean I'm, i'm sure he's done some stuff i mean i've seen him on some yellow wolf yeah um but yeah i mean one of the his dude didn't make a career off of producing for other people so i guess right one of his latest don't really give him his biggest contributions um are was on the scorpion album right uh for i think it's called talk talk up or something like that um either way yeah he was he he produced on the on the scorpion album in 2018 um and that was probably one of his most major uh placements as of lately um but yeah i mean his sound i think you know is perfect for remember when motherfuckers had four 15 inch subwoofers in their trunk you know what i mean Uh motherfuckers was having a motherfuckers had a a honda civic or even an oldsmobile you know what i mean uh and or even a crown vic (laughs) you know what i mean throwing throwing subs in the trunk his production style is perfect for that setup, you know, and you're slanging CDs out the back of the trunk. You got subs, you playing some DJ Paul production, you know, that that's what his sound works well with. Um, and if you listen to that song that he that he made on Drake's album, I mean, that's a real testament to his to his sound. The South loves the long um, 808. Love that. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, he he doesn't produce for a lot of people, but but for some reason that sound is still out there in the airwaves heavily. People are reproducing that sound, um, right? But not but him himself isn't producing for for other people. And I I mean I I couldn't call it right. I would say this was really the height of Three Six Mafia's popularity is with the songs like sipping on some scissor and i'm so high i would say um they were maybe the asap mob of their time man yeah i would say that hell yeah i mean asap mob part of me feels like that whole aesthetic was was from three six i mean some people would also say um bone thugs too just from the rap style but I I think their sound sounds more like Sip and Lean than this album. You know, right. I, I made the connection earlier that this album that Cushion OJ sounds like this uh well, it feels like this uh parts of this album, you know what I mean? Specifically Sip and right. Syrup. But ASAP Mob really doubled down on Whoa, I'm shipping. Whoa. All that slowness. Which is a screw you know? thing, yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit more Houston, I would say, than uh, than a Memphis. 
All right. Yeah. Well, that concludes my thoughts on the album. So if you haven't heard this joint, man, go listen to it. Go pull up. Go sip. Go snort. You know, uh, be on your fuck shit. Um, thanks some Pippin, man. Thanks for listening, man. It's the Rap Geeks. It's Playback Appeal. Fuck with us, man. Yes. Playback Appeal. Make sure you give us a follow on anywhere you get your podcasts at. Whether it's Apple, whether it's Spotify, whether it's YouTube. Make sure you give us a subscribe. And if you enjoyed this and you're watching on YouTube, give us a comment below. What do you think of 3-6 Mafia? You think they're awesome? You think they're whack? We want to know. Thank you very much. You deserve playback, 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 playback. And we out.